It's time for Forward Nation Radio. Now here he is, the host of Forward Nation Radio, David Leventhal. Welcome to Forward Nation Radio. I'm David Leventhal. On today's show, we will continue our discussions of what we should be learning from COVID-19 in case we get through this existential crisis. And by existential crisis, of course, I am not talking about a virus. I want to do that, but first start off with uh, some of the latest on the coronavirus news and some other news that you may or may not have heard. First, starting with a little bit of a humorous note for me, uh, from our loyal listener, more on loyalty later, our loyal listener Santino shared with me a funny little tidbit that I thought I would talk about. At his workplace, someone put up a sign, and yes, his workplace, Santino is currently working. He is one of those essential workers. Of course, by essential, as I've mentioned in previous shows, Uh, What I mean by that is expendable and underpaid. So Santino is an essential worker in his workplace. He tells me that someone put up a sign, one of these typical anti-government screeds that I've reported on periodically over the few years of this show. Anti-government screed that, to be fair, is probably, you know, kind of funny, kind of cute for those at least who, who find Animal House too intellectual. Uh, there were, there were some bits that were kind of cute, um, Starting with, I thought was maybe the the funniest part. Yeah, it's one of these typical screeds. You know, government just wants to tax everything, anything that moves. Government thinks it can be taxed. Government can't do anything right. Government is inefficient. Government is pathetic. You know, all the all the usual stuff that's always true when people they put into government actually are in government. But uh, one of the things that I found most humorous about the sign was the misspelling of the name Ronald Reagan. I find this funny, of course, because Ronald Reagan, of course, when I say Ronald Reagan, Ronald Reagan, Ronald Reagan, of course, is the god of the Republican Party. He is the original cult leader. He is still the cult leader many years after his death, even though they don't know what the hell he stands for, or who the hell he was anymore. But you think if he's kind of your cult leader, you'd, you'd know how to spell the guy's name. Um, also. If you are writing a screed about how incompetent government is and how it can't do anything right, maybe you should at least spell your fucking cult leader right. Maybe that much you could do. They they include a, a an alleged, whether it's true or not, it's certainly out of context, who cares, an alleged Will Rogers quote. I'm sure they really are familiar with Will Rogers, of course. Uh, in that quote, they misuse an apostrophe, put an apostrophe in to a pluralized word, which, uh, spoiler alert, you don't do. You know, again, if you're going to rail about incompetent government, maybe you should get your effing sign right, you morons. This just reminded me, I had a good chuckle about this, and Santino and I laughed about this a little bit because I think it reminded him as well. I've spoken on this show many months back about how someone 
had vandalized my private property at my work office. I had put up an article about the founding of Forward Nation Radio. And someone destroyed that property to put up a notice which talked about, among other things, a a notice that was attacking socialists. And among the attacks on socialists was that we don't respect private property. I just found this just too perfect, just like this sign with Santino, just too perfect a statement of the fucking morons that comprise the other side at this point. To destroy private property in order to put up a sign critical of people who destroy private property. Putting up a sign about incompetent government when you are incompetent in the creation of the sign. Anyway, uh, talking about government incompetence in support of Trump, let's talk about the coronavirus and some of the latest news. Uh, As we go to press, so to speak, the current official toll from the CDC of confirmed cases, and remember again that this is a fraction undoubtedly of the total, since we still don't have our testing shit together, or as Trump would put it, we're testing everybody. It's all together. Anyway, current U.S. Uh, instances of the of the virus are approaching 1.2 million at this point, with more than 68,000 deaths. Sounds pretty bad. Well, the good news, of course, from the week is that relief is finally on the way. Once America can finally turn out enough hypodermic needles that we can all shoot up on bleach, we should be well on our way to getting out of the crisis. Yes, of course, you have already heard that the President of the United States, the leader of the free world, the person in charge of protecting Americans from a global, a deadly global pandemic, has suggested... If you haven't heard this, by the way, let me welcome you to Earth on behalf of Earthlings. But the leader of the free world this week suggested that maybe we should consider injecting disinfectants like bleach and seeing if that works to ward off the crisis. Now, to be fair, Trump did remind us that he's not a doctor, although... He does keep reminding us, we have to remember, he is a very stable genius. So consider that when you think about his recommendation. He's a very stable genius, in fact, who has a history of safety tips. Great safety tips that we should be following. Hey, kids, remember this one? No need to wear a condom when you're fucking porn stars. Yes, just one more safety tip from the very stable genius who's not a doctor, but a master. You know, I could joke about this with my listeners. I want to say right now, I really don't want to say, I'm going to say right now, uh, don't do it. But I really don't need to. I don't need to because I have enough faith in my listeners that you are not stupid. And that when you hear something this stupid you will understand it for what it is. This, of course, is in contrast with Trump supporters. And for anyone who happened to have accidentally wandered onto this show, just ignore what I'm saying right now like you'll be ignoring all the rest of it. This, of course, having a brain is in contrast to Trump supporters. Gee, 
I really hope that those idiots have enough sense not to follow his recommendation. Now, let me just point out here for our president who tried to walk back his remarks after the fact by uh, saying that they were sarcasm. They weren't sarcasm. The president of the United States doesn't seem to indicate that he understands the concept of a sense of humor or sarcasm. What I just did, that's sarcasm. Anyway, the, the irresponsibility here from the President of the United States is just, just remarkable. It is mind-boggling. For your cult followers, how could you leave them hanging like this? How could you not have recommended a brand? Why don't you tell them what brand they should be shooting up? They need to know. This is must-have information. And if you think this is kind of a weird joke, the, the governor of Maryland already came out days ago, I'm a little behind the curve on this one, and said that he has had hundreds of callers asking for more specifics about what they should be injecting. You know, I want to keep an open mind. I'm famously a liberal, even a socialist. I think a hallmark of liberalism is open-mindedness, full consideration of things in front of us. And I'm going to keep that open mind when I start reading and hearing the inevitable right-wing social media, One American News, Fox News, right-wing establishment, media, media propaganda mill. When I start hearing their tales of Joe Biden using his private email server to tell our Benghazi embassy officials to inject each other and their kids with Drano. Because, you know, after all, traffic sick kids really don't bring in a whole lot of cash when it comes to trafficking. I want to keep an open mind about these things. Maybe some of these home remedies may be better than we think. I was thinking about this absolute insanity from the President of the United States, truly continuing to confirm not only that he is, in fact, one of the stupidest human beings on the planet, but also that he has serious, serious mental problems. Kind of like Ronald Reagan when he was the president, but whatever, let's move on. You know, I was reminded of this. I said to my class the other day, many years ago, a cult leader, Kind of like Trump, but a different one. Guy by the name of Jim Jones. Some of you may be old enough to be familiar with this. Uh, who had a cult in Guyana. Felt that the authorities were closing in on him. And ordered his cult followers to kill themselves by drinking Kool-Aid. I, I think, well, well more than 100. I forget the number was that, that ended up killing themselves. And they, they did. They ended up killing themselves by drinking poisoned Kool-Aid. As a result, in our lexicon, we have, if you ever hear someone say, boy, they really drank the Kool-Aid, meaning they accepted blindly stupid shit that they were told in order to do stupid th shit for themselves. That's where that comes from. Of course, it refers to pretty much the entire Republican Party, which is a current cult, as I've pointed out a whole bunch of times. Well, now maybe we're going to need a new phrase here. Boy, they really injected the bleach on that one. They really shot up the Clorox. 
it, it doesn't roll off the tongue quite as easily. But I know that for a while, at least, in my own life, when I have an opportunity to use the phrase, drink the Kool-Aid, I'm going to say, really injected the Clorox. That seems to kind of work there. Injected the Lysol? I don't know. Got to work on that one. Anyway, is it a wonder that the President of the United States continues to be at war with anyone who has facts or a brain? Any wonder that Donald Trump this week has blocked Anthony Fauci from testifying in front of Congress? I assume you've, you've heard this, although this doesn't, hasn't been quite as well publicized. This is the, the, the person that the country actually respects right now when it comes to coronavirus. And Donald Trump has forbidden him from testifying in front of Congress with the very rational fear that he might actually tell the truth when he's there. And Trump cannot have that. Blocking everyone who deals in facts and truth from speaking. That's Donald Trump and Donald Trump's administration. That's the Republican Party, let's face it, for years. That explains why this week Rick Bright was ousted as head of the federal agency seeking a COVID vaccine. Because he pressed for the vetting of hydroxychloroquine. How dare he actually think that we should be employing science? Truth? No wonder that Donald Trump continues to be at war with any form of oversight. Thank you, Republican Party, for giving him a pass on this one. Any oversight, including from within our government, from places where there might still be a little oversight left. The latest this week, Christy Grimm, the lead inspector general of Health and Human Services, was fired. This was only the latest of his War on inspector generals. Yes, that's the president of the United States. Not war on poverty, not war on the deep state. War on oversight. War on inspectors general. Because anyone who gets to investigate this fucking moron may ultimately burst the bubble. Speaking of bubble and cult, the... GOP-led states are on their way very quickly at this point to reopening. Some have already begun. Some are preparing to reopen very shortly. This, of course, is a win-win for Republicans. It helps Trump. It helps him politically. And it kills poor people and minorities. A win-win. People who might otherwise have the nerve to show up to vote in November. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say poor people and minorities? I meant to say essential workers. Um, and of course, we've, we've seen, speaking of opening up states, the Hasidim in New York ignoring social distancing rules so that they could use their religious extremism and fantasy to kill others and spread a deadly virus. Sure, that makes sense to me. Right now, New York City Mayor de Blasio is under some criticism, correctly so, but from the wrong places generally, for referring to the Hasidim as Jews more generally, as Jews refusing to honor shelter, shelter and social distancing rules. As someone who still considers himself Jewish, the Hasidim are not me. I don't consider myself one of them. That was a mistake. On the other hand, let's also remember that these are the people to whom the GOP has appealed for generations. The religious extremists, the, with all due respect to the Hasidim, the fucking jackasses who put their fantasies about the way the world should be working 
ahead of actual facts and reason. While all this is going on, I got an interesting uh, article, an interesting bit of facts from my nephew, the infectious disease doctor, as it turns out. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. Hold on. My nephew, you know, the infectious disease doctor, my nephew. Sorry, that's me doing my Jewish grandmothers and every Jewish grandmother I've known. But anyway, uh, sending me some information from the policy lab at the Children's Hospital in Philadelphia, which was just absolutely staggering, showing projections of coronavirus depending upon different future scenarios. And go go look it up. Children's Hospital of Philadelphia Policy Lab. But it's, it's just, it's staggering. If we continue to use social distancing in a month or so, we really get through this dramatically, at least at this point for a while. The, the numbers go to negligible new cases coming in. If we end social distancing soon, I think it was like May 15th or something was the date they had. The, the chart, the number just goes almost straight up. goes up on a, on a 45 degree angle anyway. Just goes way up. This is what we're facing. This is the decision that governors are making, the president of the United States is making. To kill thousands and thousands of Americans, banking on the fact that it will not hurt him politically and not giving a shit about the lives that will be cost. Because that's all they care about. Because maybe it will make the economy look better. And he'll get reelected so he can continue to absolutely destroy the country. Even within the Trump administration, we're finding out today, projections are already dire. At the same time, they're saying, open up, open up, open up, and encouraging their GOP minions, their lackeys, to open up their states. It turns out that the, G- that the administration's own projections so- show that this is going to get a lot worse over the next couple of months with way more deaths than people had been projecting into well over 100,000. Just absolute genius. Speaking of absolute genius for the GOP, Mitch McConnell. And, of course, my absolute genius here, I just want to clarify, I mean lowest form of pond scum piece of shit on the planet. Mitch McConnell, the lowest form of pond scum piece of shit on the planet, otherwise known as Senate Majority Leader, of course, is that even still this week, has told states to declare bankruptcy rather than have the federal government help the states deal with the crisis. This is fiscal responsibility GOP style. This is the way Trump has, of course, lived his own life. Referring to blue state bailouts and the the war that he makes dividing this country, blue states, going to all their people and blaming on blue states because Trump supporters, Republican voters, apparently don't give a shit about people who live in blue states. And that's the war they make. We will, of course, continue to read in the media about how our political parties are becoming more partisan. We are becoming more divided as a nation. That usual false equivalence 
shortcut bullshit. Okay? Without acknowledging that the same fucks who started the Civil War are still fighting it against reasonable people a, who belong to a political party or support a political party that, let's be clear, just nominated Joe Biden, not Bernie Sanders, not Elizabeth Warren. Nominated Joe Biden, the centrist. Just remember that when the media talks about how partisan we are and how divided. We have one lunatic criminal political party. Just a reminder. But when Mitch McConnell does this and talks about blue, blue state takers, it, it reminds me, and I have shared this on the show, when Newt Gingrich, talking about low-life pieces of pond scum, when Newt Gingrich was the Speaker of the House of Representatives. It's funny how the lowest shit always manages to rise to leadership positions in the Republican Party. But when Newt Gingrich was the Speaker of the House of Representatives, Newt Gingrich very famously talked about New York City and its ilk being a bunch of takers. All they want is more, more, more. All they want is handouts from the government. He said to the kind of jackasses who listen to anything he says. But Newt Gingrich picked on New York City and New York State as a bunch of takers. The irony was that New York City is the number one net giver in the entire country. We give more back to the government, more to the government in relation to what we get back from the government than any place else in the country. Where was it when Newt Gingrich made his statement that the biggest takers in America resided? You can't make this stuff up. They resided in Newt Gingrich's congressional district, which was number one in America for taking more in from the federal government than it gave back. This is what it means to live in a GOP universe of absolute bullshit uh, spew to to morons. To be fair to Mitch McConnell, his state isn't number one takers. They're huge takers. They exist because of New York and California and the blue states. These scumbags exist because of us. Secession now, we should leave. Keep arguing that. But anyway, they're not number one. And New York State, by the way, is not number one. It's only number two now. Getting back 90 cents for every dollar that it contributes to the federal government. Slightly behind Blue State, Connecticut. This is moral hazard GOP style, by the way. Moral hazard is a big thing for the Republican Party. It's been a long time. That's why they say we shouldn't be giving unemployment insurance to people who don't have jobs. We shouldn't be giving uh, food aid to children whose whose parents don't have any money because it's moral hazard. It leads to irresponsible behavior. That, of course, not a concern when it talks about bailing out big corporations, which we're still currently doing. It doesn't refer to the CARES Act. The $500 billion that's going to aid large industries to to address the fact that rather than preparing for the future, they have been looting their industries, they've been looting their companies for a decade more and giving themselves huge bonuses, not preparing for the future. That kind of moral hazard they don't worry about. Moral hazard is something that's only for poor people. It's never for rich people. It's only for poor people. We don't worry about rich people getting into bad habits. Why? Look at the Trump family. What upstanding human beings. We don't have to worry about rich people ever, you know, not becoming productive citizens. We learn more about the CARES Act. $90 billion in additional tax breaks for pass-through businesses that primarily includes hedge fund scum and real estate scum. Sound familiar? Republican Party donors and Republican Party presidents 
are giving themselves all this money. Gee, I wonder why Trump's been firing inspector generals. The $350 million for small businesses, the GOP is already diverting to large businesses. The Democrats, I argued this, you might recall, loyal listeners, when the CARES Act was first being debated and the Democrats were fighting with Republicans to actually let there be oversight and not let the Republicans just use it to buy the 2020 election and enrich themselves. I told you that that's exactly what they were going to do. I'm not a genius. I'm not Nostradamus. It's just what they always do. And it's what they're doing now. Uh, before we before we move on, um, I asked last time who has killed more Americans than Trump. And to pass this around, and I'd love your feedback on this. Who has killed more Americans than Trump? I just have to add a, a qualification to this. Um, y- y- it can't be corporations or really someone running a major corporation. They just have it too easy. I mean, obviously, any of the heads of cigarette companies, oil companies, I mean, that's, you know, they're just such evil scum or just such awful scum that it's it's cheating if you use them. So we ruled out generals last time. I want to rule out corporate CEOs as far as who killed the most people. I know we're kind of really loading the deck here in favor of Trump. Anyway, um trying to emerge better than when we went in trying to learn something from the coronavirus that if this country has an election later this year if the republicans don't get to steal the election later this year and if somehow we have a government again what should we be learning from the coronavirus talked about a couple things so far i want to continue on that let's start with the low-hanging fruit at this point one of the things of course we should be looking at is freedom Freedom is not just another word for nothing left to lose, although at this point, it really kind of is. I actually have a bit of a gravelly voice, so maybe I should have tried to to do Janis Joplin there, but um, I will spare you that. But I've, I've argued for a long time that freedom is the most misused word in the English language, right up there with socialism and liberal. It is the most misused word in the English language. People always talk to you about freedom. I I tell my students, so I'm telling you, when someone starts talking to you about your freedom, grab your wallet before they do because they're looking for it. They're looking for something. They are ripping you off. They're going to abuse you somehow. When people use freedom to refer to them and uh, against other people, it always seems to be about hurting people. Being able to hurt people. My freedom to blow cigarette smoke in your face. My freedom to spill oil all over the freaking place. My freedom to drive around in a vehicle that puts your family at risk. My freedom to go and ignore social distancing rules so I can spread the virus where people much better than me can get sick and die. This is the the calling card for the people who are flouting social distancing rules right now. The Trump-supporting, Republican-supporting, libertarian fucking morons who are out there ignoring these rules 
so they can go about and spread the virus, kill people. More directly than it usually happens when people start using freedom. Usually it, it takes a little while before the, the pollution actually destroys your family's health and their lives. This is kind of more direct. It is a reminder here that people use freedom all the time. It sounds like such a wonderful, uh, ennobling word. But in fact, the way it's used in our society, freedom is basically the antonym of responsibility. It is the opposite of responsibility. I defined antonym for any Trump supporters who might have wandered into the show. Freedom is the opposite of responsibility. 90 plus percent of the time somebody talks to you about freedom, what they're talking about is an utter and complete lack of personal responsibility. That leads us to talk about another issue we should be learning something about with this crisis, the issue of loyalty, the issue of patriotism, in fact, which is a flip side of the same coin, the issue of loyalty, the issue of freedom, in fact, is all about the kind of the opposite of loyalty and patriotism. That's why it's, it's ironic that the same people who wrap themselves in the flag of freedom also wrap themselves in the flags of loyalty and patriotism. Freedom, again, is the antithesis of loyalty and patriotism. Again, for any Trump support, that's, that's the opposite. It is just remarkable that people will talk about both from both sides of their mouths. Loyalty and patriotism should be about the opposite of greed and selfishness. Something else, ironically, the people who tell us about loyalty and patriotism also speak up about at length. The Ayn Rand supporters, for instance. But loyalty and patriotism should be the opposite of greed and selfishness. It should be selflessness. It should be making sacrifices for a greater cause, giving up freedom for a greater cause. <laughs> I've talked on this show at length about how the term loyalty has absolutely no place in the business world. Well, absolutely may be too strong. There are always there are always counterexamples, and there are some even now small businesses run by actual human beings that run against the grain. But the bottom line is, in a in a business economy where businesses are supposed to care about nothing but themselves, there's no room for loyalty. And remember at work, when your boss says to you to show loyalty, you should not be showing loyalty. Now, you should do what the boss asks if it is in your interest to do so. If it is not in your interest to do so, you should tell your boss in polite terms where she could put her loyalty. Because you had better not expect in, in almost every workplace in America, especially the bigger we get, that you will have loyalty in return. It is a very rare commodity that has no place in the business world. But what about not in the business world? Um, what about loyalty, patriotism, to some other cause? To, of course, America, which is the way it's, it's generally posed. We're addressing the issue of loyalty in the Trump administration, where, of course, Republicans continue to make it absolutely clear that their concept of loyalty is loyalty to the person who gave you your job. 
There can't loyalty to your political party. Loyalty, in other words, to your own bottom line. That cannot be loyalty. Period. There are some really tough questions. I'm not sure. I've been, I've been thinking about this for the show. I've been thinking how I'm going to cover loyalty. And mostly I've been thinking, I really don't have the answers here. I, I don't know. What, what loyalty should I be showing to my country? Were, were German citizens who showed loyalty in the 1930s, were they people we want to emulate? People who support a country that's doing bad things or acting bad or, 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 or wrong on some issues. Are we supposed to do that? Is that even patriotism? There are some cases where it's, where it's I think, a closer call. But the idea that, that anyone in our government owes loyalty to the particular president or his political party rather than the country is absurd, is easily dismissed. That's not the gray area. That's not the, the difficult analysis here. The difficult analysis, again, is where does loyalty toward country take us? Should we really be loyal to America or should we be loyal to the ideals that America is supposed to stand for? Does loyalty, in fact, allow us to get worse? I want to be loyal to my children, but being loyal to my children, doesn't that make me too permissive a parent where my children will grow up to be shits? Sound familiar? Where, where does loyalty come in here? To me, loyalty has to be toward a better picture of your country, the idealistic picture of what your country can be, not what your country is and not the mistakes it's making. Uh, I think about that with the, with the firing of the Inspector General whistleblower, um, with the firing of Michael Atkinson, the whistleblower who, who told Congress about Trump's call with Ukraine and the fact that the, the president of the United States was selling the interests of America and Americans down the drain to a far, hostile foreign power. What uh, He, of course, has lost his job. Why? Because he didn't show loyalty? He showed loyalty. He didn't show loyal he didn't show cult-like loyalty. He didn't show loyalty to the cult leader. He showed loyalty to something bigger. This is what we need to embrace. When we talk about loyalty, another thing we need to learn about is the is the war on whistleblowing that this country has been engaged in for many years. A war on whistleblowers. People who don't show loyalty to their companies when they do bad things, but instead show loyalty to something bigger, humanity, the country, actual human beings. And yet we are at war with these people who are doing what loyalty should absolutely demand that they do. Uh, Captain Brett Crozier from the Navy. There was a reason that Trump cheered his firing. Because he was not loyal to the cult leader. He was loyal to America and Americans. To the, to the people under his command in that case. The whole idea of the war on inspector generals is that loyalty cannot be to anything that makes this country better. Loyalty can only be shown to the kind of shit that is making this country worse. Loyalty, apparently, is what is necessary 
for the totalitarian takeover of this country. I guess that's a good place to leave it at this point. More to talk about on future shows, about what we should be learning and how the the COVID crisis and the crisis of who the hell's running our country right now should be affecting our thinking. We will have that on upcoming episodes. Till then, be safe, be well, and socially distance. You've been listening to Forward Nation Radio with David Leventhal. 